Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. This is a talk from our Covent Garden service. To find out about upcoming talks at each of our services, or to listen to other talks, please visit ChristchurchLondon.org. Amazing. Good afternoon, everyone. Amazing to be here and to be together on what has turned out to be a lovely day. Who knew it would be like that when we woke up this morning and it was so heavily raining. So amazing to be together. We as a church this term are reading and learning from the book of Proverbs. And if you have never heard of the book of Proverbs before, it's one of a group of five books in the Old Testament that are known as the wisdom books. Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. (laughs) Thought I'd lost count there, but that is five, five books that are known as the wisdom books. And these books go to some of the really hard, dark, deep, and painful places of life, as well as the joyful and the good. And together they give us wisdom to navigate the seasons. And the book of Proverbs is basically 31 chapters of mostly short sentences that when read together, give us wisdom to navigate the nuances of life. They give us wisdom to help us in different situations. And we're going to look just at one proverb today, one simple sentence. But just because it's one simple sentence does not mean that it is not deeply impacting or profound for our lives. One of the things I love about the Christian faith is that God does not make it complicated, (laughs) It can be deep and it can be thought-provoking and there can be struggle within it, but it is not complicated. He actually makes it simple, but it does not lose any of its profundity when it is. And this proverb that we are reading today is in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, and it is this. Walk with the wise and become wise. A companion of fools suffers harm. Walk with the wise and become wise. A companion of fools suffers harm. And I said this morning, I almost feel like I could just read it and then invite the band to come up. It's like, this is it, folks. This is what it says. But we are going to spend a couple of minutes just thinking about it because it basically summarizes the reality of our lives. Who we spend time with is who we will become like. You probably heard the quote from Jim Rohn, the entrepreneur, who says, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Who are your people? Think about your last week, your last month, your last couple of months. Who are the top 15 people you've texted? Who have you followed on Instagram? Who have you most been at dinner parties, drinks, parties, coffee with? Whose words have you read? Whose advice have you taken? Who have you listened to? Who has determined normal for you? They're your people. Annie Dillard, the writer, says, how we spend our days is how we spend our lives. Now, as we go through life, as you will know, we will find ourselves in different situations, and some of them will be difficult. Some of them will be toxic in our family, our workplace, or wherever it may be. And this proverb is not telling us to secret ourselves away from the reality of life and to get nervous that we find ourselves in difficult situations that we might get contaminated or whatever it may be. No, 
This is not what this proverb is about. In fact, if we are a follower of Jesus, we are called to go to the places where he leads us to. And some of those places will be difficult. Some of those places will be challenging. And we are to be there fully present as ourselves, genuine and loving in whatever situation we find ourselves in. This proverb isn't talking about stepping away from the reality of life, but what it is putting before us is wisdom. Who you spend a lot of time with, who you share your heart with, who you are influenced by matters. The root meaning of the word companion is to break bread. This proverb is about closeness. It's about a sharing and a melding of lives and goals and lifestyle. That is what this proverb is wisdom for. And it presents us today with two options. It says there's two roads that you can walk down in life. If you walk with the wise, you'll become wise. A companion of fools suffers harm. And we're going to explore these two parts of this proverb. And we're going to look at the first part second and the second part first. (laughs) That is what we are going to do. And the second part says... A companion of fools suffers harm. What is a fool? Who is a fool? I said this morning, you might have people that come to mind when I ask that question. This is a rhetorical question. Keep your thoughts in here. You um, may or may not know that as um, on April the 1st in this country, we have it as a tradition where it is known as April Fool's Day. And this is a day where we play practical jokes on each other. And I love that we have an annual National Jokes Day. It's a day where friends and family play jokes on each other, but it's also a day when institutions join in, like newspapers and blah, 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 and the media and everyone gets to join in. And one of my favorite that you may or may not have heard of is from 1957, when the BBC programme Panorama, I don't know if anyone has heard of if you come across this one, the BBC programme Panorama on April the 1st in 1957. Panorama is a very, is, you know, a serious cultural um, uh, news programme, basically, and it's presented by Richard Dimbleby. And on April the 1st, they did a three-minute segment on the abundant spaghetti harvest in Switzerland. And it is presented, and what they had done before they filmed it, they'd gone and they'd hung spaghetti over the branches of the trees, as you can see. And then they filmed this Swiss family harvesting the spaghetti. And they did this three-minute segment with Richard Dimbleby, who is speaking very seriously, like this is very serious business. And he said, we have had a very successful crop this year due to the mild winter and the virtual disappearance of the spaghetti weevil. (laughs) And this is what the spaghetti crop was down to. And they actually had people calling the BBC asking, is it, can we harvest um, and grow these trees in the UK? How do you actually grow spaghetti here in this country? It was a good practical joke, April Fool's Day. I'm probably sure that we have all been involved in practical jokes in some ways, and I know sometimes they can go too far, but generally they're good fun. (laughs) We used to go to camp when we were younger, and one of the things that we used to do is play practical jokes on each other, and one year we actually took our sewing machine so we could steal the boy leader's sleeping bags and sew up the middle of them so when they got into them at night they couldn't work out why they couldn't get their feet down because you can't see that it was sewn up practical jokes are great fun (laughs) there is an idea for you this proverb is not saying 
Be a companion of someone who has a good sense of humor. Be a companion of someone who likes a good joke and you'll suffer harm. What the fool is in the Bible is actually much more serious than that, is actually much deeper than that. And we're told who a fool is in the context of this proverb. And I have just gone through Proverbs and I have just pulled out how a fool is described. And this is what we are given. A fool is someone who has a lack of judgment. They hate wisdom and discipline. They're complacent. They don't care about the world. They're devious and lying. They have no knowledge or understanding and they don't want to learn. They scorn wisdom. They think they know everything already and they can therefore live from uninformed prejudice. They think their ways are right. They don't want to listen to anyone else. They love to air their own opinions. Their mouth often gets them into trouble. They're unreasonable. They have no control over their anger. They're hot-headed and reckless. They lack any sense of self-restraint. They bring drama and devastation to their own life by their own hands. They despise their parents and bring them grief. They're captivated by whatever the next thing is. They're dangerous. They love evil and find pleasure in it. They do the same unwise things over and over and over again, not willing to admit that they've made a mistake. They trust only in themselves. They don't make peace, but they rage and scoff at others. They lead others into trouble and harm, and they totally and actively reject God and everything about them. We are never asked in Proverbs or in the Bible to pass judgment on each other. I don't know about you, but I have found something of myself in this list. We are not in a position to make those judgment calls. But what this proverb is doing is giving us wisdom, it is giving us wisdom and it is giving us a warning, a heads up. Be the companion of fools and you will suffer harm. Spend time with, be influenced by people who are living from foolishness and not from wisdom and it will have a detrimental effect on your life. It will cause your life to shrink rather to grow. There will be harm caused. Harm to you, family, friends, harm maybe to finances, harm to your hopes and your dreams and your vision for life, harm to your nature and your character, harm to your friendship with God. And as Liam introduced us to wisdom. He said that Proverbs is practical, ethical, and spiritual. That's the wisdom that we find there. God cares about all of life. It's not wisdom for Sunday mornings and connect groups and worship nights. It's wisdom for Monday mornings and Friday nights. It's wisdom for conversations over dinner and at parties. It's wisdom for weekends away. It's wisdom for meetings at work. It's wisdom for it all. And if we don't want to suffer harm, if we don't want the ways of the fool to flourish in our life, if we don't want a lack of judgment and insight and knowledge, if we don't want rage and anger and hot-headedness, if we don't want bitterness and complacency to flourish in our life, we're given an option. And we're told, walk with the wise and become wise. Walk with the wise and become wise. It's a journey. Walk with and become. It's a process. 
It's en route to somewhere. And so often in the Bible, life is spoken of in the image of a journey, a walk, a pilgrimage somewhere. In Ephesians 5.15, it says, pay careful attention to how you walk We are all walking through life. Pay careful attention to how you walk, not as the unwise, but as the wise. And in Proverbs 19, it says, if you get wisdom, you love your own soul. If you seek it, in Proverbs, it speaks so much about seeking wisdom, going after it. And when we find it, it's worth more than any gold or jewels will be to our life. If we honor our life, if we love our life, we'll go for wisdom. We'll go after it. And the Bible lets us know that there are choices in life. And Proverbs chapters 1 to 9 paint this metaphorical image of these choices. If you've never read these chapters before, they're some of my favorite in the Bible. They're really amazing as they paint this picture of life. And we see in chapters 1 to 9, wisdom is personified and folly is personified. Folly is the way of the fool. And we see these wisdom and folly personified as two women. I said earlier, I said I thought it was amazing when wisdom was personified as a woman. (laughs) And then folly was also, so there are two women. (laughs) Wisdom and folly. And we're told in chapter nine that they have both prepared a table. This is a metaphorical image of what is happening in life. They've both prepared a table and both of these tables look inviting. Both of these tables look harmless. Both of these tables look like a great place to sit and dine at. And we're told that wisdom has prepared her table. She's laid it out. She's prepared the meat and the wine. And then she has gone out and she has invited everyone to come and dine with her. She's invited those who are living foolishly to come and get wisdom as they dine with her. And she's invited the wise to come and get wiser still as they dine with her. And she says, leave your simple foolish ways and you will live. And we're told that folly has also laid a table. And she actually has nothing to offer that will satisfy, but she is also calling out, come and dine with me. Come and eat my food. Come and stay in conversation with me. Come and hang out with me. Come and dine at my table. We have a choice where we will dine. Pay careful attention to who you break bread with. Pay careful attention. Make decisions. Make decisions. Yes, we will make decisions about what job we want to do, who we will marry, where we will live, how many kids we will have. There are also like absolutely crucial decisions to make. But there are also decisions we can make about who we are becoming. What is your five-year plan for your heart, your spirit, your soul? Who do you want to be in 10 years, 20 years? What do you want to see grow and flourish in your life? The amazing thing that I love is if we're walking with Jesus, we're only getting better (laughs) because he always has more for us. And any good that you want to see flourish in your life will find its foundation in wisdom. That is where it will begin to grow. Wisdom is this incredible treasure that builds our life. It's the foundation for a secure heart and spirit and at peace in the deepest possible way, life. It's the foundation for a life of purpose and vision beyond what we can see with our own eyes. It's the foundation for a life lived unashamed in the presence of God. How do we get it? Walk with the wise. 
and become wise. It's an equation. Walk with the wise and become wise. When I was 17, I wanted to learn to drive. And so I asked my mum to teach me because she was a very good driver. Didn't ask my dad. <laughs> I asked my mum. <laughs> I also didn't ask friends who couldn't drive or were bad drivers also. But I asked my mum because she is a great driver. And my mum took me out on the road and she taught me how to change gears, emergency stops, reverse parking. She taught me how to control the car. But she also taught me, and you will know this if you've learned to drive, how to navigate the road, how to understand the road, how to be aware of other drivers. She also gave me confidence to drive safely, but not super cautiously. She gave me confidence as a driver to make decisions that would help me drive well. And when I first came to London, I wanted to start to cycle places, but I was a bit nervous because I'd never cycled in um, London before. And so I had a friend who the first couple of times I went out, she would cycle in front of me and take me to wherever we were going. And she didn't just get in front of me and give me directions and say, we're going to go down the road, turn left, turn right, round the roundabout, and then we'll be there. She would cycle in front of me and she'd shout things to me, things like, when we get to the traffic lights, make sure you get right to the front so the cars can see you. And when we're turning here, make sure you get in this position so that the cars are aware of what you were doing. She also shouted other things at me, like, put your knees into it, come on. I was like, no. But she generally helped me understand life as a London cyclist. And if you want to learn to play an instrument, you ask someone who knows how to play an instrument. You ask someone who knows the instrument. So many of the jazz greats would speak of how when they were younger, they would just go and spend time with jazz musicians, learning the joy of the music. They would watch them. They didn't just learn set pieces and repeat them. They would absorb the heart and the nuance and the joy and the freedom of the music within its boundaries and then create their own. Wisdom isn't a set of rules that we follow so we live carbon copy lives of each other. Wisdom is knowledge, insight, and understanding so that we can live our own lives of freedom within the boundaries of love. It's this incredible gift. Walk with the wise and become wise. What does it look like? Number one, there's two things. Number one, walk with Jesus. Walk with Jesus. He's given lots of names in the Bible and they don't negate one another but give us a full picture of who he is because he's the fullness of life. Walk with Jesus. He is wisdom. He's this amazing friend that we get to walk with. Jesus himself said, if you hear, the, hear my words and put them into practice, you'll be like someone who's built their house upon a rock. You've built your life upon a rock that is unchanging and immovable. That was the promise of living out his words. And walking with him means knowing his words, reading the Bible, it's all there. If you don't have one, come and let us know. It's the best book that you can ever read know the Bible and live it. Pray, ask him for wisdom. We're told in James that God loves to give wisdom generously. Ask him for wisdom. I ask for wisdom all the time because I need it. If I'm in a meeting, if I'm in a conversation for someone, what can we ask? Is there a question we can ask? What could be the best way to unlock this? God, would you give us wisdom to make a decision here? He loves to give wisdom. See what comes to mind as you give him the situations that we're walking through and trust him. We're told not to lean on our own understanding, 
but to trust him. We can maybe see a part of the picture he sees it all. And walking with his wisdom means trusting even when it doesn't always quite make sense. And walking with him also means caring about what he cares about. As we have heard this morning, it's IJM Sunday today. And one of the recurring themes in the Bible is justice. And God longs to see justice for everyone. And the way that he outworks this is through his church, where his image bearers in the world. Proverbs 28.5 says, Evil men and women, fools, do not understand justice, but those who understand the those who seek the Lord understand it completely. I was watching a vid, um, an interview with Beth Redman, who's a worship leader um, the other week, and she, the interviewer mentioned her work with, for advocacy and justice, especially with those who are enslaved, like Liana was. And Beth was asked, do you have a real heart for justice? Where did that come from? And Beth looked at the interviewer and said, uh, the Bible. <laughs> I was like this. There you go, friend. And she went on to say, if God cares about it, we need to care about it. Walking with Jesus means that we care about what he cares about, means that we have him define our normal, means that we open our lives to his love and with the help of the Holy Spirit, we live his words out. So number one, walk with Jesus. Number two, walk with wise people. There's wisdom in choosing who we walk with. Walk with wise people. We're not made to live isolated lives. We're meant to walk the seasons with each other. And if you're wondering what wisdom looks like, just as we had a list of what foolishness looks like, this is what wisdom looks like. It's taken from James and from Proverbs. A wise person is humble. They don't brag or demand attention. They do good things. They're gentle and considerate. They're peaceful peacemakers. They work for peace and reconciliation. They're merciful and compassionate. They forgive others. They're sincere, genuine, have integrity. They're impartial. They go for justice and fairness for everyone. They're secure. They don't dread the future. They're not fearful or afraid. They have self-control. They have favor and honor among God and people. They're refreshed and refreshing even after difficult times. They speak life. Their words are healing. They're happy. They have understanding and knowledge about life and they stay curious, wanting to learn and grow. They listen to advice and take other people's opinions and ideas. They turn away from evil. They don't give it room in their life. They build their life. It grows and flourishes. They're perceptive and discerning. They're slow to anger. They don't get drunk and lose control all the time. They're bold and courageous. They love themselves well. Their friendship with God is growing and they have a healthy, awesome fear of the Lord. And I don't know about you, but I think that is an incredible picture of life. I think that is an incredible picture of who I want to be, <laughs> who I want to grow up to be. And one of the things I love that Jesus did is that before he chose his 12 closest companions, the people that he would walk with so that they could become wise, he went up a mountain and he prayed on his own. And it seemed like he asked the father who he should choose because then he came down the mountain and he named them. And if Jesus did it, he made this incredible decision after prayer. And if Jesus did it, I think it's an incredible example for us. And so you may have read this proverb before. 
You may have never heard of it before, but I love that it is in the Bible. I love that it is telling us that it matters who we share our hearts with, who we give our hearts to. And even if we have read it before, the incredible thing about the Bible is that it's alive and it's active, which means there is always some place it can go in our heart whenever we read it. And so if we want to respond to this proverb today, we can ask questions just like Jesus did. We can ask God for wisdom and for help. And we may want to ask these questions as a response. Is there anyone in my life who is harming me? Is there anyone in my life whose influence is having a detrimental effect upon my life? Maybe people that are in our lives that when we are influenced by them, we know that we're not treating others in a way that we're comfortable with. We're not making decisions that we're actually 100% peaceful with. We know that we're acting in ways that just don't feel like us. And maybe there's some people whose friendship we need to take a step back from in this season. And maybe there's some people that we can't do that. We are going to keep on seeing them. We're going to be around them. But a response to this can be to recognize the influence that they're having over us and to ask for God's help to navigate that and to invite others in to help us walk with that as well. And is there anyone in our lives who we may have harmed by our decisions? Have we sat down to dine at Folly's table? and made decisions that have influenced others that isn't good. And we may need to stand up and leave Folly's table and walk over to Wisdom's, maybe make some apologies or have some conversations. And then is there anyone wise that may come to mind that you can walk with for this season? I'm not talking about picking and dropping up people as we come and go. There are friends we will be friends with for the whole of life and there are other people that can walk us through a season. Is there anyone wise that you, an area maybe that you would love to grow in that you can say, God, I'd love to grow in this area. Who can I walk with through this season? Who can teach me the nuances of life in this season? And maybe as you pray this, there will be other people who can share your wisdom, who you can come alongside and support, that we're a community that learns from each other, that grows together, that supports each other. And pray and see who comes to mind. And then maybe just offer, hey, can I take you for a coffee? Can I come over? Can we hang out? Can we get to know one another better? And if the people say no, that's fine. <laughs> that might be the wisest thing for their life to say no. <laughs> Don't get offended. <laughs> that is okay. See who else may come to mind if you get an initial no, but that is fine. But who we walk with matters. And then finally, I wonder if Rich could come back up. Thanks, friend. What about our walk with Jesus? What about our walk with Jesus? If you are here today and you are thinking, that's why I'm here. I don't know who Jesus is. I want to know what he says and what he stands for and what matters to him. Maybe you want to say, actually, the, the next step I want to take in this is to sign up to Alpha or to have a conversation with someone over coffee or to be prayed with for the first time, whatever it may look like. Maybe that is a response that you might want to make today. Or maybe we have been walking with Jesus for a while, but actually 
something in this proverb as God has stirred us to think, oh, I want to walk more closely with you, Jesus. I want to invite you into the different situations of my life where I need your life. I need your wisdom. There might be situations and seasons in our life where we're alone. And the promise is that we will always have Jesus if we choose to put our trust in him. He is the one that will never be taken from us. He is the one that can walk us through every season. And so I wonder if we stand together and I will pray. And then we're going to sing a song that is a song of intent. It is a song of response. It says, I will build my life upon your love. It is a firm foundation. And I will just give us a couple of seconds to just reflect and consider and then I'll pray. And then we can sing. Father, I thank you that you have given us wisdom. Father, I thank you that you love to give wisdom. You are a generous God. And your promise is that when we ask you for wisdom, you will give it. We thank you, Jesus, for your friendship. We thank you that it is open invite. We thank you that you call out and you invite us to dine at your table, to know wisdom for every season and situation in our life. We thank you for the words that we can sing in this song, that your love is a firm foundation that we can build our lives upon, that our lives can flourish and grow as we build them upon your love and your promises and your wisdom and your ways. And so I pray for each of us, Father, where we need wisdom, we would receive it I pray that our wisdom would be a blessing to those in our lives. Thank you. Amen.